0: Hi, I'm Scott Cooper, and this is the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. In this episode, I welcome Alan Hopkins Jr. Alan had a long career through college and professional soccer, then went on to be a sports broadcaster, which is a great story he shares, and now is the executive director of Black Players for Change, which is comprised of black MLS players, staff, and coaches. BPC is a positive bridge between sport, life, and soccer, It's a universal language that can be used to advance and advocate for equality. BPC spearheads impactful programs that transcend the game that are designed to tackle racial inequality head on. The collective strength of BPC leverages the influence and visibility of black soccer players to drive meaningful change, contributing to a more equitable and fair environment in the world of sports. This was an enjoyable and enlightening conversation. Alan's positivities continue. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffeecom matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on social media as well. The links can be found at matchplayrecruit.com.
1: A great piece. I want to make sure I uh, maybe <laughs> I can answer off, off kilter here, but yeah. uh, this particular piece used to hang um, in a barbershop in Wesley, California, on the campus of UCLA, and was a spot that had been frequented by some legendary Black student-athletes and, um, and was a hub for sort of that time. And it very much sort of mirrors the work I've been endeavoring now where you really have to plant trees for a shade you'll never sit under. You really do have to find the legacy projects and the legacy default settings, as I'll probably say more than once during our time in terms of what you're trying to do. You know, nothing happens by accident. Mm-hmm. Every day is a gift. If you just sort of keep trying to get at it, I think there's a chance. You know, it's something I say all the time. It's got a chance, even when I know it's going well. Um, so I think there's a little bit of humility that goes into just sign- seeing something out. So, you know, um, no, look, I appreciate the opportunity to, to have a conversation because I think a lot of the work I'm endeavoring on is iterative. And it's about having conversations and dialogue and Just meeting people and being curious about their journey and, and what they're trying to do. So I think there's a little bit of mastery that is in all this. And I often say intelligence intelligence and wisdom is widely distributed, but opportunities are not. So my job is to canvas far and wide <laughs> to, so I can beg, borrow, and steal on people's learnings and experience because <laughs> only the people who do the
0: work to learn it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all right. So let's go back a ways and, uh, um, tell us your background and you know, how you grew up and how you got connected to soccer and, and, you know, walk us through that journey. Well, I have, I know
1: I'm special, not just because my mother says I am, I think we're all special like that, but my my journey is truly unique in the sense that I'm an army brand, uh, born in, in, in Germany. Um, soccer was my first sport went to six schools in my first eight grades always moved wow. always moved always with the new kid uh and every sport i ever played and i did everything from soccer to track to wrestling to baseball basketball football flag football um i literally did everything that was on offer. Uh I even think I did a little bit of bowling for like a season somewhere. My mom I think got me into one of the bases. So um soccer was a constant. And it was something that I always gravitated toward and tried to to always uh find. And ironically, it was when we were living in Alaska, my dad was stationed in Fort Greeley and we used to get like this random handful of channels way before anything of any, any any viewing streaming that we had known. Um, we used to get Rai, you know, the RAI, right? And we used to get that, and I used to just consume their, like, weekly Sedia highlights, you know. This is 80, 81, 82, and I just was really consumed by whatever nuggets I used to get. And it wasn't until we moved to Colorado for the second time in the mid to late 80s that I really sort of get Dropped into a community, um, you know. I grew up watching Marcella baba and Robin Fraser, and trust me, I tell those guys all the time that I am younger than them. Although I do have three gay gray hairs, um, and I grew <laughs> up in a really cool time in Colorado where the game was sort of uh, it was new and old at the same time. There's a lot of energy, and Lauren Donaldson, who I've known forever, was instrumental in and, and helping paint, paint pictures for how to play. Um, Chris Martinez, who was uh, a great, he's a great coach in the MLS ecosystem, but was a big time player with the Clemson, Sterling West kind of with their friends of state and go on and bore people with random names, uh, connected to MLS back in the day. But it was like that community that I really sort of start to identify, you know, the first thing I remember really saving up for was a pair of Copas, um, and just, mm-hmm. just love the game. always fell in love with the game, went to Santa Barbara had an incredible small college soccer experience playing um, for Dave Wolf at Westmont and Santa Barbara, Santa Barbara, so to say anything more than that. And it was a professional, it was very much like I think a lot of the top 50 Division I men's programs are in terms of the professionalism. Like we did a lot of stuff back in the day because I think Dave had that experience where we did everything that pros did in terms of how we tried to prepare our training. The periodization and it was a very professional environment, and I took a lot from that, a, a lot, and I learned. And, you know, he was very intentional about getting me connected to people, um, got connected to Sidney Schmidt. Uh, he gave me my first big break coaching with the 20s back in 1996, him and Dean Wurzberger, Chula Vista at the training center. And I was assistant coach at San Jose State at the time, I think one of the youngest full time assistants in the country, had just turned 22. And, uh, yeah, you know, I thought I was going to be on that coach pathway, but as you know, it's not what you like; it's what you don't like that shapes you. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> uh, I think it wasn't enough. And what enough? What I mean is that any coach will tell you that, particularly in college, like the coaching teaching is like twenty percent of the job. Well, I wanted to be one hundred percent of the job, and um, I didn't really have the understanding as much as I was preparing and was able to do. Some, some forward executive thinking, if you will, to, to run a program, but it wasn't as attractive as finding another journey in the game. And kept playing and just had a great experience playing with the San Francisco Seals when I was a teenager and through college. And in 97, you know, people have been talking a lot about the U.S. Open Cup recently, but in 97... Uh, that group uh, made it all the way to the Open Cup semifinals, lost to D.C. United in Stockton, California. This is vintage Echeverry, Moreno, Pope, Bruce, you know, coming out to Stockton to play like in a random midweek while they're chasing another title. I remember how mad Bruce was <laughs> in a good <laughs> way. I told Bruce this when we were doing this I was like, you were mad. I knew we weren't going to win, kind of. like You were like, what are we doing all the way away from home? Uh, but. <laughs> You know, and then and then um, the next year, um, I was working in Soccer America magazine at the time. The next year, the uh, team got a deal to do all its home games on like local Bay Area TV, and nice. the president, GM, coach of the team, Tom Simpson, I grew up with his son Shannon, who's now running the Seals. Now the only free to play uh, team I believe in the whole MLS ecosystem, which is a whole another story, which I think is really amazing. MLS Next Pro. And, or excuse me, what's next? And um, they were like, hey, you want to do the games? And I started calling games for them. Started thinking, like, this might be fun. Was just basically selling my tape out of the, or giving out my tape, like, the back of the trunk uh, at, a, at a gas <laughs> station. And uh, got a call from a woman named Emily Bolting. I told the story, I tell it every year to a bunch of students that I speak to. Um, talk about being ready. Sent my tape out, forgot. I just was sending it out everywhere. Anyone with any TV in it forgot I'd send it out to this woman. She hits me up probably two months later, Emily Bolting, coordinating producer of Fox sports world in Los Angeles. She says, Hey, you want to come down? And uh, I'm in the Bay area. So I drive down there on a Tuesday interview on your Wednesday. They're like, Hey, we like you. Uh, Can you stay till Thursday? Yeah. They're like, Hey, really like you can you do a screen test on friday i did and 7 a.m the next morning max Bretos and i did our very first game together that's so awesome. yeah so you never know when life's going to come comes at you fast and really man just uh that's just that's where i was doing and really now just still sort of leveraging that experience and trying to figure out what the you know where the equity lies for me to do the most work in this game but you know that that's mm-hmm. that's sort of the you know um uh, the first act, if you will, in just a, a blessed soccer journey, no doubt.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, the <clears throat> covering the MLS and, you know, you're talking about, you know, original MLS, like way back <laughs> and, you know, how you've seen it grow and how you've seen it develop and evolve. And, um, you know, that'll bring us to what you're doing now, yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. How, like, Culturally, it's changed, you know? It's, you know, I
1: used to have to be a bit of a soccer apologist. Even in <laughs> Los Angeles, which is a great market, right? And then I think now you can tell a new neighbor, yeah, I work in soccer. And it goes, oh, okay. Right. I work in Major League yeah. Soccer. I work for U.S. Soccer. It's It's got to a point now where it's waterfall the way down where... You don't have to really spend a whole lot of time explaining what you do, what it is, and all that. So uh, I, I take pride in sort of the longevity of the journey. <laughs> right.
2: I, I yeah.
1: do, and, and, and I think just a, a deep level of appreciation and always want to express the gratitude um, mm-hmm. for the game. Um, you know, my father's been passed away almost 10 years now and we used to always kind of joke like he should always say hey you're gonna have to get a real job one day and I'm like haha you know I will I will I will and here I am like you know two and a half grown kids of <laughs> my three one's almost there my last one and I think wow I'm still I'm still doing this. I'm still connected to the game and and uh the cool thing is you know I get to be a first-hand witness to to everything related to the league and now you're getting second and third generation kids now, you know, and I've also seen it through the prison of working with MLS rookies for the last almost 10 years. you know you you see how those rookie classes used to be juniors and seniors in college. Now you see these rookie classes be 15, 16, seventeen, and what what you pour into a 21 22 year old as they transition is different what you need to pour into a 15, 16, 17-year-old as they transition, right? I'm much more interested in being a part of the mechanisms and the machinery, if you will, that helps grow players and and really puts an emphasis on not player development, personal development. Everyone needs a little bit different. I learned this working with the top college football teams like Michigan or Alabama, Florida State, Texas A&M, in my work in player development and you, the, the best places, organizations, companies, 5013Cs, whatever it may be, families, they, they know everyone needs the same thing, but in a different way, right? The same thing is food, love, water, light, right? Like that's what we need and be energy and be connected people. That's how we get that is different. And why we need it for the different sort of stimulus that come with that is different, but it's all the same right? We all want to be top of the canopy and getting all the light and all the water and everything. But it's really like, how much can we do to not just identify problems, just to speak on possible solutions, right? And and that's why I'm hopeful that I am in general, no matter what I've been doing. And uh, I think I'm comfortable now saying, I haven't been perfect. I've won. I've lost. I've failed. I've succeeded. I've had a lot of money. I've had no money in this game. I've done it all, but I'm a good dude. Like, I, I will own that. Like, I'm a good dude. Um, I care about the game. I care about people. I, I like when people try to do things the right way in in their own way, which I've learned to give more people grace to be themselves. It doesn't always have to be this mold <laughs> that you have to fit yourself into and come out. Sometimes you can be an amoeba in your growth, right? So, you know, I think the league culturally now is younger. It is much more part of the culture. And there's a lot of factors. It can be video games. It can be the the Americanization and professionalization of, of youth soccer, which didn't exist 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. If you even think about Development Academy, yeah. that was run by U.S. Soccer, which is technically a nonprofit, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it really now is in this, I would say, it's version 2.0, maybe 2.5 of what it looks like. and We still need to work out the kinks and how we develop players and how we help them be good people. Because you will spend so much more time outside of the game, good Lord willing, than you will inside the game. It's just skewed because you're in the game for the first, you know, 30 years of your life, 35 years of your life. And then all of a sudden you're not. So, you know, uh, I think being a support to the players who come in and out of this league is something that I appreciate and, and I value their relationships because that's how you can have the banter uh, and, and the jokes. And uh, I look forward to those times more than anything.
2: Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: Um, so that brings you to uh, where you are today. And um, I want to get into that. so you're now the executive director of Black Players for Change, which is connected to the MLS. Um, I don't know. is that the correct word to use connected, or is it is it part yeah, of the MLS no.
2: or, or yeah define no, that connected?
1: Is,
0: yeah, yeah no it's a great it's a great
1: clarifier, Scott. you know I would say connected in the same way that the Players Association is connected, but in an additional sort of... Uh, large tendon, right? Major League Soccer is the platform for all of our players. Um, And Mm -hmm. they are the ones led by Commissioner Garber and Shola Winley and Camille Northcutt um, and and a handful of other folks who were very instrumental in making sure that in the wake of George Floyd, these players had a voice. And um, they came together in the bubble in Orlando and and are co-rights, footage holders of all the demonstration footage which i think is, is an amazing precedent as well and you know the mission then is the mission now it's just different things right mm-hmm. and i think anyone I use the game to inform me right the, the object of the game has always been really twofold it's been to score goals and to not let them in right now over the years there's been a variety of and ways right Right now we're in the pressure counter pressure phase just for ease of conversation and as a player playing in every moment because you're either pressuring or you're counter pressuring right so can you play in every moment um, and that's kind of the way the game is right now but you know you, as you know like it used to be you needed someone to be a 10 to help operate you needed a stopper, sweeper now I'm really aging myself right um, there's a time when you need you needed marauding outside backs with Roberto Carlos Philip Mm -hmm. Blom, right? Like, Kafu, like, guys who go if you don't have that. So, and now the game is just sort of more like this fluid mix of like style and grace and eloquent technical ability. And of course, these guys are just amazing Ferraris. All of them are Ferraris. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not players at all. Just think about if you went to a rally with all fast cars, they'd be doing fast car stuff. And that's how I see, um, Um, All these players who play in these top leagues at every level, there's just a dynamism, just the kinetic beauty of it all. And, you know, I think what we've done is try to find a place for ourselves in terms of fighting for equality and justice for um, everyone. The word uh, that I always kind of go back to is equality. Yes, there are issues that are distinct to the black community, the black soccer community. We're fighting those. But can we also be someone and something who builds for everyone else? Right. Because equality is the goal. Just like I said, scoring a goal and not letting them in is the goal. And that's our same sort of goal and trans you know, sort of transfer of energy. So we have a great relationship with major league soccer. We have a great relationship with the with the players association. We are growing in our significance and value. I would say in terms of our partnerships and actually the programmatics. and, um, you know, I'm really in a really great place because the founders and the board of directors, executive committee are all people that are amazing gentlemen and scholars. <laughs> and, and so happen to be just fantastic players. So, you know, we're focused on our membership right now, you know, um, in terms of just really activating all the amazing players in the league, uh, U.S. soccer. We, we want to be uh, a, a part of their connective tissue as well. There's so many players that are connected through through the national team now, right, uh, in terms of their their Americanism, if you will. So, you know, and then the other part I would say is just like governance and policy, access, representation. What can we do to create meaningful pathways for Black coaches, executives, staff members, anyone who wants to live the joy and the misery of a soccer experience. <laughs> you know, I think it's everyone's right to be able to have, right? yeah. you know what I mean? That's what I say. Like, no one needs to say, because I tell, you know, this is funny, like my, my, my really close friends who are in the league, and coaching, head coaches, um, the guys I kind of really grew up with, not that people I know. You know, it's like a different, and you sort of talk different, right? And, and yep. I, you know, we usually joke, like, after, after a win, Man, you feel like, where's Pep? Like, you feel like you could take on City. You lose right. and you never were in it. You're like ducking the JV team at the high school around the corner, right? You're like, right. hey, those guys might get us today because we don't do A, B, and C. So I tell people, like, you know, when you're able to share a big win with your family in the stands, and it's like a dopamine mm-hmm. rush. I will always chase. Um, and, So when I think about opportunity, that's what I think about is just for someone to have that feeling. Like -hmm. like like today, today was awesome. And it was because I do this amazing job in this amazing sport. And that's what I think about representation, what I say about promotion relegation. It's not about the structures, it's about the people. Mm -hmm. Right? The reason why we love promotion. And some people love relegation. Um, you know, some people like Halloween more than Thanksgiving. It's all
2: good, right? Um,
1: <laughs> and 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 eh, it's it's the it's it's the intergenerational stuff you see, right? The three the three the three men you know um, who who are wa- and their team finally makes it, or or even in baseball, like when there's always uh, uh, a 32 year old lifetime minor leaguer who gets the call up. To, to the yeah. show it's the people so yep. when people talk about those things it's about like the people and if we can create structures that allow people to be the story that allow people to be the driving narrative then we will all sort of find humanity. we be all connected because we'll all know what it's like to be a nine-year-old and your team loses and you understand what that means and you're crying because i yeah. was like that you know, um, and, 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 and I know a lot of kids who are like that. So, and I'm not, I know a lot of grown, grown men, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, I commiserate with, when you see like a team that, you know, who, who is, is relegated and you see like the pain of it all. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I just say that if we can find more reasons to be together, right. And this is not Pollyanna, but this is the world you, you have to manifest it. We are so much more united, and, and if we think about all the things that U.S. soccer and American soccer ecosystem needs, I bet you a little bit more of like togetherness, collaboration, transparency, conversation, communication would hurt. In fact, it might be just a little over the it gets. It's over the threshold, right? Like, yeah. you know, that's why, like, I don't consume. You know, we talked about the culture piece. I really don't consume social media for soccer because i'm living it every day it's my passion distraction you know it's my love my profession so but i also have to like exercise that out because it's such a crazy place to, to be following a game or watching a game and see people posting and that used to be like kind of part of how i used to consume stuff or how i used to consume stuff and i finally was like there's no joy in mudfield for these guys and <laughs> and it's just like so what are we doing? And the reality is, is that I think very few people know how hard it is to do anything yeah. in this game. You know, I mean, you can get into a really passionate conversation about Bob Bradley. He'll tell you scoring a goal is the hardest thing to do in sports. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, you can talk to um, <laughs> Tony Gwynn back in the day. I think hitting like <laughs> almost 400 is hard, too. Right. Like, I understand there's yeah. like, you know, what I mean, like anyone's can, you know. Um, golf has failed many of people. (laughs) So, you know, uh, I I totally understand that part, but you know, I, I, I would, if we can be more together in these things, not just the big issues, of course, the representation piece and soccer for all and, and, and having black head coaches, having American born black coaches, which is another thing people don't really get into you know, there's levels to this. And that's another thing that we want to see too. And then just the access, I, I think, to the game at the highest level. It's not just when they're eight or nine, but what about the 16, 70-year-old, 17-year-old, who's trying to be a first-generation black kid in northern Georgia? And you're like, you mm-hmm. know, I, I can kind of see a pathway. I kind of see it. Right. Because I don't know what it's like for you, Scott, but my college experience was transformative. Right yep. and and I think you would get a lot of the guys who have meaningful experiences to say hey, those been those were nice times and pivots in their life fulcrums, catapult launching pads whatever and and it's that is what I get you know I want people to really understand there's joy in that in creating that pathway for someone else because the modeling is is amazing right we all need models we all need people who look like us or come from backgrounds like us who are trying to do something that we aspire to be. You know, that's when I think about equality and representation is, is the modeling that you need to really increase those things.
0: So is one of the facets of what Black Players for Change is doing, is it, um, is it developing the youth game and reaching down to grassroots and um, finding ways to, to get into Neighborhoods that don't normally have soccer, um, that sort of thing. I mean, is that, is that one of the things you guys are, are doing? Yeah. So, you know, for ease of
1: conversation, there, there's like three key areas. So I would say education and governance is one pillar. Representation, I, 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 something I just touched on, is, is a second pillar. And the third pillar, in no particular order, is access. And what does access mm-hmm. mean? Just what I just touched on, it's not only for people already in the game and need that advance to get them, keep them going, but what can we do to bring soccer to communities that are not served by our traditional soccer market? And mm-hmm. what can we do to support and amplify the work that teams are doing, particularly MLS teams are doing in their market already? Right. How can we magnify? How can we partner? How can we collaborate? Not only for Black History Month or Juneteenth, but year round. You know, and there's some wonderful clubs that have um, uh, not only raised their hand, but stepped forward to say, hey, we want to have a real partnership with Black Players for Change that allows us to do the work over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. And I think for us, you know, we think a lot about, you know, what can we do? We want to have a presence. Um, in the in the traditional soccer sort of suburban experience, of course, right? That's the experience I grew up in. A lot of uh, BPC players did. A lot of the American Black players grew up in those environments. Not everyone, but a pretty traditional suburban soccer environment. So, you know, can we go to communities like Indianapolis? Can we go to communities like New Orleans? Can we continue to serve communities in New York? You know what I mean? Like just... You know, Nashville, Atlanta, you know, what can we do in those communities that are, are not only sort of mission fit for our organization, but really allow us to make the impact that we want, right? And to create the, the opportunities for engagement. So those are the areas that really mean um, the most to us in terms of access. We've partnered with U.S. Soccer Foundation right now on many pitches. Um, we are talking to a couple other organizations as well. To, to figure out what we can do um, in terms of bringing the game to other access points, right? It's, it's how comfortable can I be leading an organization to get us in environments that are not comfortable to me from a soccer perspective. It's easy for me to go to Silver Lakes and Chino or to Wake Men and Canary. Those are, those are, those are the places and spaces I know. I've been around forever, but can I really go and help introduce the game to kids who won't have other connecting connectors outside of us potentially, right? Mm-hmm. So how consistent can we be, right? You can't just show up one, once a week or once a month. Once a week, it's actually not. You can't show up once a month and hope to move the needle as much as maybe once a week is. And what does that mean? Like uh, a real collaborative approach. You have to find people who want to do the work together. I find there's a lot of people doing this work and it's worth the investment and time to go find those people already doing the work and then say, Hey, can we work together? Right. Um, I'd much rather be an operator like a Jay Z or Rick Rubin, where you can just produce whomever sound it is. Mm -hmm. Right. What's your sound? Okay, cool. I'm going to help you make your sound. Not my sound. And I want to bring that out, and the partners are already doing the work because that's effective and efficient. Honestly, um, because it's not sustainable, I think people have seen the D&I space shrink, if you will. I think people know that um, the ERGs, the, the employee resource groups, those are those are tough places to be now, um, as opposed to maybe two or three years ago. Who knows? But the point is, is, like you have to grow. We want to be a platform that helps elevate the Black soccer experience that connects Black culture, music, and, and art, and, and, and media, and movie production. All these different things are starting to happen. And I think BPC can just be a nice little conduit uh, for, for all those things ahead of what I think will just be a magical run here with Copa America this summer uh I mean look this year's already banging we've got Afcon, uh um, we're gonna have euros we're gonna have the olympics we're gonna have um uh, uh, the uh, and then the world cup after you know what i mean and it's, I just feel like the women's world cup it's just like you know it's exciting i'm I'm already like fired up on on all the different things that are gonna happen and if the organization and BPC can be a part of all those things. Great. If we can all just be a part of this magical soccer journey, good vibes too. Mm-hmm. And just keep it moving that right. way.
0: Um, so go back to how it's, how uh, BPC started and you're, I guess in the, in the bubble and COVID and, and uh, guys were together and, you know, made useful use of their time, so to speak, and uh, mm-hmm. got together and started talking I'm, I'm assuming is what happened and uh, um, yeah, talk about that and 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 how that panned out
1: you know you know I'm new to the position, and I would say that it would only be right to defer to the men who were in the room at the time but here's what I'll say from afar it was an amazing an amazing show of Communication in no particular order. Here, here's everything. That, here are all the ingredients that went in: communication, urgency,
2: collaboration, strength, um, consensus,
1: operational savvy. Um, because mm-hmm. without any of those things, you don't have what happens, right? And also timing. Um, you know, I, I think I think it, it will be a story that gets told, I think, eventually, because when you hear the founders talk about the story, you know, it's the founders being a Justin Morrow, Aiko Parr, Dilal Anababa, uh, Jeremy Abobesey and Earl Edwards Jr. Um, these are all guys that were there in the moment saying, hey, this is what we need to do. Um, um, um. And they're equity as men and professionals worked. They leveraged it all mm-hmm. because if they mm-hmm. were not good, good pros, right? I have to say not everyone that's a professional is a pro. Right. Um, and I think mm-hmm. I just have a lot of admiration for what they did in the moment because uh, it took a lot. It took a lot of focus. It's a lot of, so I, I think the. it, Someone needs to write a behind-the-scenes or sort of first-person account of it because I've heard several accounts of it from different individuals, and I think each one is compelling. And it's not hyperbolic either, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, just, it's just impactful, and I think that might be something even I should pursue from a content perspective is really being able to have that story out there told in our voice in a way um, because it is, it is significant. And, you know, I'm I'm honored to be in this role as executive director because without it, it just sort of puts you in a position where maybe you don't have the alignment and the clarity that you're looking for. And I feel like I'm in, in this, in this point in time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the simple way, the simple thing is like, to have this emotional reaction which i'm sure you know when you saw that news going on at at that time like we're all emotional about it and like to have the wherewithal to organize and and know that like okay we can we can organize around this and and make something good come out of it is remarkable to me um it
1: it was a it was an interesting time i will add to sky in the sense that you know there are a lot of I call it reverse plate tectonics in the black soccer community. That's what's happening right now. And what I what do I mean by that? So islands of success. There are so many of us that were on these amazing islands of success, where maybe we were the only black person or one of two black people in an entire organization, right? Um, and we are just in these islands of success in soccer, and we get together. But really, that time. Um, and I give a lot of credit to like Dante Washington and Eddie Pope, um, and and some of the OGs, Evan Whitfield, um, and and others who really helped sort of bring everyone together. And so you had that happening from like the OG perspective. And then you had these young guys outside of old now. Like it was just like a really cool movement where I think for the for the first time in a minute there was an intentionality about staying together and and working together for these things and there was a lot of just shared experience too a lot of shared experience you know there's a lot of venting and pain and hurt and and sorrow and because you're trying to figure out like what's happening but then you're also like connected to this game where you want to see real changes and have a difference so um, I, I think it's amazing that the organization has gotten this far. I have a huge task and and a serious charge and challenge to 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 take it to the next level, where the awareness and the recognition um, from a brand perspective is high, and we are connected. You know, you often say when one is cut, we all bleed, and and we want to be connected globally as well, um, and work with the PFA in addition to our conversations about MLSPA and MLS, you know, how can we partner together with, with the players that are sort of out there maybe on their own islands. So I'm excited about Mm -hmm. some of the strategy we're working on and, and what we're trying to do to grow. And I'm more excited about the, the men involved and the women involved who really want to make a change and see BPC as, as, as a, as a change. Um, I don't want to say change agent because it happens all the time, but just one of the variables that are, that are needed to change things up for sure.
0: Yeah. So as the the executive director, what are your priorities? Um, you know, where you hope to see things, you know, in a year and five years and, and, uh, you know,
2: (laughs) how do you make it happen?
1: Um, Man, that's a, that's a, that's a, I guess, how do I make it happen? I think we, (laughs) you know, we have to be on our John Lewis, right? If you see something, say something. I think that's part of it. Mm -hmm. I think you have to really be open and curious, be humble, take some chances. I think that's also Mm -hmm. important. Right. Um, And, you know, I say this because, you know, my mother says this about me, but, you know, my vulnerability is my strength. So for me, it's, it's how much humanity can we bleed into each other and, and how much can we pour our goodness into each other? And I just feel like that's just super important, you know. So I think for me, it's, it's all going to come down to um, you can't change hearts and minds, right, all the time. Um, but you can just keep working and collaborate and work with the people who've already stood up to be allies, who've already stood up mm-hmm. to be uh, people who want to march with you. But then people who also just honestly just want to get out of the out of the way <laughs> and, and and do something <laughs> a little bit different, you know what I mean? So, um, but no, I uh, you know uh, I think it's a huge challenge, and certainly want to make sure that we have a good understanding about you know how it looks you need to have a plan right i think that's a big part of it too but who gets to be the stakeholders you know the, the the other thing i'd like to see is a real body of knowledge can you know like there's think tanks in every industry maybe there's a soccer think tank and they just never invited me so i will, I will humbly say if that exists out there and and you've lost Scott's and Alan's invitation in the mail, please do hit us up <laughs> after and we'll make sure you have oh, the like current information. Right? You know what I mean? Alan. I just did oh, you got one. <laughs> I mean get one. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but but like yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think I'm not trying to regulate anything by any stretch, but you know, when you think about uh some of these these institutes that have popped up, right? Uh Global Initiative Institutes or or, or uh, even Sundance back in the day, or, or you know, these little, the Aspen Institute, like why not a little bit of a think tank and people who just, and again, this could already exist, but really, what good ideas do you have? What's good for the game? And then just think about those things. Everyone's gonna have a different opinion. I just say, it's like Cheesecake Factory. Something on the menu is gonna work for everyone. Yeah. Just have the menu. Just have the menu. Yep. You will find one thing, and then you know what? It's one thing, it's one thing, it's one thing, and you know how fast this stuff goes, right? I'm getting all nostalgia because someone brought up '94 the other day. Oh, it's it's the '40, you know, it's the retrospective, you know, and and and, and you know, 30 years since '94. I'm like, man, it feels like yesterday, and like I have still vivid memories of. In these stadiums at these matches, right? Mm-hmm. So we know how quickly it goes. So what if we just added one thing a year for those thirty years? We'd have thirty new things. We just would. Yep. And again, it's not sexy. It's not cool. It's not fast. But it's compound interest, and that always works. Always. Yep.
0: Undefeated. Undefeated. Oh. Yep. <laughs> Um <laughs> uh so um looking at my notes here, some other things that we can get into. Yeah. Um so what as the executive director, kind of what are your what are your priorities? Um and uh how do you like what are they telling you that you need to get done? What are you telling yourself all mm-hmm. oh, this needs to be done and that sort of thing? Um To get the most out of this organization?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say the attitude has been really the board and the executive committee, everyone like, what can we do to help you? Which has been fantastic. I myself put a lot of pressure on myself to um, fundraise and to develop, but also to do the little things really well. What are the little things? Have Our social media, our website, LinkedIn, our comms and media stuff really at a high level. Just do a lot of the simple business basics as a a 5013C, creating an institutional memory and the infrastructure. That's very important. I think I've done that in the first uh, handful of months is really sort of create the policies, protocols, procedures that you need so the machinery can work from an an ad-and-org perspective. Because once that gets going, you can then start to shift your focus toward... Okay, what's my strategy? Okay, now I have a strategy. I have a, a, a two phase strategy and execution plan. Okay, what do those three things mean? How do I get these partners on board with these? You know, how do I create real value proposition for these partners? So, you know, I want to find people who are going to help us uh, bring soccer to communities that look like us, that it's for everyone that hasn't uh, been touched before. I want to bring new programming um sustainable programming consistent programming to the many pitches and and some of those access uh opportunities for access that we talked about you know um i -hmm. want to grow the brotherhood of the of, of the membership of the organization uh i want to connect the old um legends if you will the game with the new kids on the block and then the founders and everyone in between right um, I want to have a safe space for all black executives in soccer, whether you're working in the league or the club club level, right? You know what I mean? Or your referee, you know, mm-hmm. like just really being the red thread that quilts together the entire black American soccer diaspora. So that that really fits my strengths. Um I can do a lot of different things well, <laughs> depending on who you ask though, the different opinions, but that's, that's where I'm most effective is operationalizing ideas and dreams and strategies and then having the resilient mindset to, to, to get it all done. And, and the stick-to-itiveness um, and the focus is something that I just rely upon. So um, I think the wind will be how much we can grow our organization from a community. And I think from a business 5013 perspective is how much can we continue to show value in the fight? For equality, mm-hmm. anti-discrimination, with the people and partners, that want to do this
0: work. Right. Um, yeah, I was going to ask you, what what do you guys see as the issues um, that are distinct to your community, and um, how what do you see as um, things mm-hmm. that you guys can do to counteract those?
1: You know, it's a really it's a really good question. It's a question actually. We talk, we 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 talk at levels and the board level, which I really appreciate in the executive committee. And we talk about the work we're doing and how does that feed into ourselves as 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 proper football men? Um, how do we as black men, right? So I'm trying to find the, the alignment and sometimes they are distinct pathways. Some of the work we're doing um, I hope to endeavor on um, as black men is just for the black community in terms of just social justice, equality. You now, is it is it about doing these things specific to soccer or and or are they specific to wherever we can sort of reach out of our own community? Right. So those are conversations mm-hmm. that we have. I would say, additionally, all politics are local how much can I empower um, the black players, the allies in the league to speak on these issues, to be an advocate, to be a supporter, to be an ally? Um, How much can we create the, the marketing and the messaging about what we're trying to do and the people to help us amplify that too? I think that's super important. So, you know, I think it's a, it's a, it's important to have a guarded focus, right? You can't do everything. And that's why I think having a plan, um, sharing that with the board, making sure they're in full um, uh, alignment and agreement based on how collaborative and transparent the process has been. And then I think that allows us to go forward. Then also too, we also have to dream about a world that doesn't exist, right? Like, you know, racism in life is not... Taken completely out, you know. what I mean, like, so a part of it is also ideating, creating a world that doesn't exist right now, um, mm-hmm. and presenting that as a model and a goal to to capture in the future.
0: Right. Um. So there's 24 uh, percent of players in the MLS are black, right? Um, uh, yeah. So then... about
1: 20, yeah. It, yeah. Between 24 and 28, depending on what the okay. number is, but that's a solid number. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. And there's one black coach, head coach in the MLS? Is that right?
1: Yeah. This, this year, one black head coach, uh, Coach Nancy mm-hmm. with the Columbus crew this year. Gotcha. Last year, uh, Robin, Fraser, Ezra, um, and Nancy were all uh, head coaches at the start of the season. Gotcha.
0: And is that part of what you guys are addressing and um, trying to develop – people to to fill you know be in those positions um i don't know i don't know how that yeah i don't know yeah like, like how how that even
1: that. That. yeah no yeah. uh that fits into the pillar of representation so we've been working with MLS MLS has a great program called MLS advanced that really highlights um up-and-coming coaches in a way that gives them access and opportunity to connect with chief soccer officers general managers and hiring managers in major league soccer. Um, That's been helpful. There's a lot of work that goes into that, whether it be, you know, creating these profiles for the candidates to work on whatever they may need in the interview process. There could be a variety of different things and support. Um, Sometimes it's introduction, sometimes it's a little bit more of the interview process. Sometimes it could be a combination of the two. So we partner and work with the the league on that. Um, And then for us, it's, How can we create pathways that are distinct? Because look, at the
2: end of the day, you know, it's not just
1: Major League Soccer's job. It's not just, it's, 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 it's like, it's everyone's job. It's U.S. Soccer. It's anyone who's a stakeholder. It's USL. It's USYS. And like, there are some people doing it better than others. Of course. Of course. But at the end of the day, you know, the college soccer game too, right? There's some almost 600 men's and women's programs. You know, 90% of them are coached by white men or white women. Like 90%. So, yeah. you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's creating pathways. It's creating like the real professional um, pathways that differentiate candidates from other people. It's identifying the kids who want to be pros, but really want to be coaches. Um, and I think it's how can DPC help support every aspect of the ecosystem? How can we support Mm -hmm. the coaches at MLS next? How can we support the academy coaches, the next pro coaches, the first team coaches? Mm I mean, and it's a variety of different ways. So we have a black talent fund, um, that I started last year that goes to supporting, um, black coaches for whatever they need. Primarily in 2023, it was used for supplementing um, uh, financial support for licensing and or um, things tied to the United Soccer Coaches Convention. So we're going to continue to provide those kind of services. We also do work in um, like resume and professional development services, right? Helping, um, Helping create that little CV that might pop. So we are doing what we can, but also more than anything, it's just being connected to each other. That's the, the, because we all are in the same uh, reservoir here. We're swimming in the same waters. And um, I've just really sort of taken on the role where I can just be a a great advocate, supporter, write letters, make phone calls, but also listen to a coach going through the interview process. Also listen to a coach who doesn't get the, or who gets the text, we're going in another direction, right? You know, those Mm -hmm. calls are just as important, just as important. So, you know, um, I have my little, um, I would call it, it's been a prominent side hustle, but since 2021, I've helped 50 people get varying jobs in soccer and academia and in sports. And that's my little community is supporting those 50 individuals, um, whether they are on the technical side, the business side, the operations side uh in college soccer outside college soccer usl major league soccer us soccer so you know it's just do your little bit do your bit you yep. not have to sound like a, a old british you know but just do your bit you know i'm, I'm an excellent teammate and collaborator I, that's just who i am that's who i was as a player i like being on a team so i have to create a dpc a team because I like being on a team and I know I'm really effective leading teams, managing teams, putting teams together. So that's my mindset is, 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 is sort of glory to the cause, you know, eyes, full heart can't lose. (laughs) That stuff still works.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So you guys are, you know, three, four years in with the organization. Have you looked to other leagues who have similar organizations to kind of find what works or do you feel like the challenges that soccer faces in this country are, are unique or,
1: um, yeah, that's a, that's but, a fantastic question. Actually, what we've, we've leaned on as an organization, I believe. And, and again, I'd love to hear what the founders think in my point of view as the ED. So America does a couple things really, really well when it comes to this. And, I don't think there's a better country in the world or market for activism than America. So um, I have a picture um, uh, in one of my little man cave rooms of um, a meeting in Cleveland in 1968, the Cleveland Summit and it was Jim Brown, who else uh, Muhammad Ali, he was a collection um, of know the black picture. Yeah. you know the picture. So I stare okay. at that thing every day. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. and, and I bring that up because that is like we, we just, there's no one better. So I have done a couple of things. Um, one predates me, but I've tried to strengthen it. We have a great relationship with Players Coalition, which is the NFL version of BPC for ease of conversation. Quan mm-hmm. Bolin and um, Malcolm Jenkins and the current uh ED, Angela Chica, the entire team, Chris Hammond, in-house counsel. Um, they're unbelievable. And they've been so supportive and so helpful, and they've really just guided us in terms of helping us do a lot of the the rote mechanic stuff that I talked about. And they're an amazing resource, and I'm really working hard to strengthen that relationship because they've been in the fight. They've done all this work and they understand that. So I see it as an opportunity for BPC to be a leader in the global space because of the subject matter expertise that Black athletes have when it comes to activism. So how can I support the athletes we have now doing the work, right? Like Jeremy Obobese, um, who's doing fantastic work with his foundation or, or someone like DeWan Jones or or whomever, um, not to single out Kellen Acosta, I don't want to single out anyone because a lot of people are doing work, but how, how many tools can we give them to be better activists? So, you know, I really try to connect. Justin Morrow and I have a great relationship um, and we're working together at the USD Race and Equity Center. So um, really understanding that the knowledge to be first learned and acquired is here and then we can go out and see what else is out there for us to learn from, be humble in front of, be curious about. But I think there's so many amazing just heroes in this space, Black men, Black women. And, you know, we're also inspired by also real life civil rights people. Right. Soccer chosen adversity. It's chosen adversity. It's not the life that every Black person gets the lead it's the one that's important to us that we lead so we understand the magnitude of the fight in comparison to gerrymandering or redlining or voter suppression um or 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 systemic racism like we we understand that and that's where we try to connect in general is at that level first and if we can make the game even better because of our influence and who we're talking to and what we're talking about then I think that's a great place to 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 really sort of hang your hat into the dogs like even a little bit better, right? Um, because that's the that's the key, right? Um, you know, you, if you the legends just don't pop up, like that's just not how it works. Al knew he wanted to be a uh, Albert. He knew he wanted to be a legend in his own way, and guess what? When you become parts of these Hall of Fames and parts of these these communities where they value what you've given. And to me, like, that's my focus every day. I reverse engineering. Nelson Rodriguez has been a great friend and mentor and really helped me clarify that the last few years. It's like, you know, you have to know what your value is. You have to know what you really want in terms of who you work with and the outcomes are going to make you then you go and find something that fits that. You don't go the other way around because you'll never find it. <laughs> That's for sure. Right,
0: right. That makes total sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan, what am I? Uh, what am I not touching on that needs to be uh, addressed?
1: Well, first and foremost, always an amazing opportunity to be in community in the game, and appreciate your ship, and appreciate the. The platform to speak on it and and i hope it was one in which people feel like yeah that's some good content <laughs> right uh i hope i made someone's chores uh someone's day house cleaning uh soccer daddying a little bit better or soccer bombing whatever um but then you know honestly right. you know i would say that you you know you 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 provide I think an opportunity for people to be themselves. So I'd rather express the gratitude for just being able to have a great conversation, be myself. um, And just to sort of talk all the things that are important to my world and my space. And then just to try to figure out how, you know, we can, we can, we can meet again and, and continue to have meaningful dialogue about things for sure.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You're really, I I have to agree with um, one thing you said towards the beginning and that is that you're a good dude. I appreciate what uh, I appreciate your time and uh, hanging out. And absolutely, like I can't wait to have you on again and uh, talk appreciate about you. what you have going appreciate on. You. And uh, that's it's fantastic. And I learned a lot.
1: So. And when I'm in the DMV again, I'll send you a note. Super. You better. Thankful for the yeah. time and the conversation to always chat and connect
0: for sure. Thank you for listening to the Tales from the Trail podcast by Matchplay. If you're enjoying the podcast and find it valuable, please consider visiting buymeacoffee.com slash matchplay. These small donations collectively help offset costs and other expenses associated with production of the podcast so I can continue to offer this service for free. Please take an extra minute to rate and review the podcast where you listen. This is a huge help. Share the podcast with whomever you think would be interested and will help in their process. Check us out on matchplayrecruit.com for our social media links. See you on the trail.